This episode of the YVR Screen Scene Podcast is sponsored by the Union of British Columbia Performers. UBCP is an autonomous branch of the Alliance of Canadian Cinema, Television, and Radio Artists. For more about UBCP Actra, visit ubcp.com. That's ubcp.com. This episode was sponsored in part by listeners like you. Join our Patreon community and receive early access to episodes, bonus content, stickers, buttons, and more. Visit www.patreon.com slash Podcast. Welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast, where we pull back the curtain and expose the beating heart to the Vancouver film and television industry, namely the actors and filmmakers and other talented artists who do the work. Capital T, capital W. I'm Sabrina Ronnie Firminger. And today I am delighted to welcome Grace Dove to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast. Grace Dove is a change maker and this abiding passion for change is evident in everything she's done so far in the film and television industry as an actor, a filmmaker and an advocate for indigenous representation and reclamation. And she's only just getting started. Grace is a member of the Shuswap First Nation who divides her time between Vancouver and LA. Her acting filmography includes The Revenant, How It Ends, and Monkey Beach, Loretta Todd's stunning adaptation of Eden Robinson's beloved supernatural novel about Lisa, a rebellious young woman who must accept her true heroic nature in order to save her brother who is lost at sea. Monkey Beach opened the 2020 Vancouver International Film Festival and has since won a slew of awards, a slew, including a Best Actress Award for Grace from the American Indian Film Festival. Grace recently slid into the director's chair to helm Curie and the Girl, a short film based on the life of artist Curie Green. And on July 12th, Grace delivered a keynote address at Cannes Marche de Film 2021 entitled Indigenous Portrayal in Hollywood and Reclaiming Identity. What I'm detecting is an artist dedicated to making change for Indigenous people inside and outside of the industry, however she can, be it with the roles she chooses to take on, the stories she chooses to direct, and the ways in which she chooses to use her voice. So today, we're going to speak with Grace about the changes she'd like to see in the film and television industry, as well as the danger in not doing anything at all. Grace Dove, welcome to the Web yeah. Screen Scene Podcast. Good, Jem, thank you for such a lovely intro. Um, yes, I am from the unceded territory of Sekwatmukulu, and I am coming to you today from the unceded Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh peoples. As far as as the the labels that we we assign to ourselves and and the art that we do, how do you describe yourself? Because you know, I saw you just I saw you described all sorts of different ways all over the interwebs. You know, um, actor, director, advocate, uh, ambassador. Like, so what what are the what are the descriptors that that describe you and what motivates the work that you do? Well, primarily, I would definitely say I'm an actress, uh, first and foremost. 
And then uh, that brought me into youth work. I'm a youth facilitator. I run a program called Thunderbird Dreams, um, where I go into communities, mostly First Nations communities, all around Turtle Island and host workshops around self-esteem. And that work also led me um, most recently into the title of director. So that's how you ended up. Okay, we, and we are, I want to put, I want to put a pin. I want to put a pin <laughs> in, in Kiri. Not actually, we're not, no, no pins in <laughs> Kiri Green. Um, but I, I wanted, I want to talk about, let, like, I want to start with your can. And we did have a debate. I have to tell our listeners. We had a little debate. It wasn't a real debate because I was like, I don't know how to pronounce anything about, about can. So we're talking about the, the, the festival that's in France. I was so pretentious about it. And I was like, it's the con. And Grace was like, I actually think it's can. So I'm going to try to say can. Um, but, you know, anything goes. Okay, so your, your can keynote was entitled Indigenous Portrayal in Hollywood and Reclaiming Identity. Mm-hmm. So how would you describe how Indigenous people have long been portrayed in Hollywood? Yeah, this has been an ongoing uh, journey because, you know, I became an actor um, over a decade ago. And even before that, I wanted to since I was a young girl. And I didn't realize how much, um, I don't know, responsibility it would bring Mm. and how much of an advocate I would become for representation in the industry. I didn't even know what I was getting into, but, um, you know, over the past decade, I've just realized how important the work is. As you mentioned, it's the work. It's not just all fun and games. And, um, I realized my position and responsibility um, in fighting for us and, and showing the world who we truly are. And with that ha- has become my one main message. And that is truly how together it is all of our responsibility to change Hollywood's portrayal of us mm-hmm. and to uh, reclaim our identity in the industry. And, you know, I, I created a, a TED talk about it uh, a number of years ago. And since then, I think that has gotten around and a lot of people are becoming really interested and, and the word diversity seems to be, you know, popping up a lot more. And so mm-hmm. that's where I've, I've started really shaping some solid ideas of where I think we need to go. Growing up, what kind of representations did you see of indigenous people in the film and television work that was coming out of the well the white supremacist hollywood machine well in reality um where i grew up in northern bc we didn't have the internet at all uh we didn't have uh more than the local the one local channel and for the most part, I didn't grow up with any TV at all. I, I wasn't really exposed to the rest of North America or Hollywood. Hmm. And when I did see anything, the rare um, you know, few titles that I would watch, it was out of our collection of 10 uh, VHS movies that I would watch over and over. And so my exposure was extremely limited. And of course, there wasn't any um, indigenous representation at all. I didn't know how that affected me back then. Yeah. I just assumed the rest of the world, you know, all the famous people are white. 
Right. And I really had no idea the harm that caused and, you know, how invisible we we are, we have been, and we still are until I became an adult, until I entered this industry. And I realized, oh, yikes, you know, that was actually very damaging. Yeah. Let's talk about the that harm that is done. You know, what what is the danger in harmful representation on screen, harmful depictions of indigenous people? You know, the problem is, is that, um, and what I've learned myself, what I've experienced in my life is that what we see on TV, what we see in the media and what we see in, see in movies reflects in our daily lives. So, you know, if we're constantly seeing native people as savages, if we're constantly seeing them as women who are going missing and who are disposable, mm -hmm. and if we're constantly seeing indigenous peoples as people of the past, you know, with, with tomahawks and living in teepees, then that reflects in our daily lives. It encourages violence against us. It encourages violence against indigenous women. And it continues the erasure of our culture. Mm. And that's why people, you know, still believe that, that we are a thing of the past. So we are constantly fighting that. We are constantly saying, well, you know, we are still here and we are still modern people and we are still very specific tribes. We have our own practices within our nations and within our tribes. Yeah. Um, as you have moved through this industry in the last decade as an actor, uh, how has how has white supremacy impacted you know, the the roles that you've read for, you know, and, and also like your response to to whether or not you do them. Like, are there any roles that mm -hmm. you just you you refuse to read for at this point or that you just you won't do anymore? I've known from the very start uh, what's in my right and wrong. And I've been horrified many, many times. Um, at some of the roles that I've read where it, uh, you know, begins and ends in one swift murder or one act of violence against this indigenous character mm. and, and thinking to myself, and I'm, I'm not going to lie. One of my very first roles, um, when I was first out of acting school was exactly that it was me being attacked and that's all I got to do. And what that left me feeling was. Like, is this what my career is? Is this what my future is? And is this worth it? Will this, you know, give me any kind of purpose? And I felt, um, you know, empty after it. I didn't feel anything good would come of that. And so experiencing that, I'm realizing that's not for me. Yeah. I can't be doing this just for a paycheck. It has way too much weight to it. And so after that, reading... Uh, roles I always I got a lot more specific in, in saying what I would do and and also having the strength and the courage to say no because I've heard a lot of BIPOC actors say you know what I have a family at home I have a house to pay for I can't be picky and I and I understand that and I have um, compassion but for myself 
I know I can't do that. I have to be the one saying no and the one standing up and saying, we are way more than this. And I've gotten, you know, stronger. I feel like I've been actually rewarded for some of the strong choices that I've made because I have seen change and, and also, you know, creating these boundaries because, and I talk a lot about this is boundaries, even with um, my relationship with say my team, I have such a wonderful team of agents and um, a manager behind me, both here with principal's talent and in LA with A3. And they, over the years, have started to really believe in me and the direction I am going. So once I started saying no to what I believe are stereotypes or roles that hold us back in the industry, now they're starting to see that as well and support me in that. Mm-hmm. They know even what's destructive and they don't even send that to me anymore because I created those boundaries. So I think it's up to not only myself, my team, casting, it's up writers, it's up to all of us to yeah. um, be a part of this movement and to protect because the problem is, is that it's the young actors who are going to get stuck doing those roles because Mm. either they don't know any better, they don't have the strength to say no, or they're desperate and feel like they have to do that. So for us that have enough experience and know better, like myself, then I'm trying to, you know, create positive change so that then those young people um, hopefully can be a little bit more protected. Yeah. Uh, You've mentioned change um, and that you've seen changes. What kind of changes have you seen in Hollywood in general, and also, I mean, in the BC film industry in particular, like, is there anything you see in the film and television industry that, that really suggests that change is afoot in a positive way? Just in the past, um, I want to say two years, but mostly even since uh, maybe the, the start of the pandemic, the last, last year, 16 months, I've seen such positive change. Uh, in the roles that are being offered to me and the scripts that I'm reading, both as an actor and as a director and a consultant. Um, and the difference is, is that we are real people. We are indigenous peoples with specific nations, with full names, not only just a first name, but a last name, mm. um, with backgrounds, with family, with um, more than just trauma with more than just scars and battle wounds joy you know, we, you're getting joy we you're have, seeing joy <laughs> we have joy we yes. have love we have hope it's like oh okay now now we're we're getting somewhere and mm. yes there is still um a lot of stories being told about us as as the secondary characters but i also see a lot of people and um uh, you know, directors and writers, I see a lot of people trying and if, and if they don't know the right direction, if they don't know the right choice, then at least they're asking for consultation. And that's uh, really important as well. Yeah. And that really, that, that speaks to what it means to be an ally, right? Like, cause ally is, mm-hmm. it's, it's not a, really a label that you assign yourself, right? It's, it's a, it's actions, you know, that, that you take to, you know, support and elevate and uplift and amplify others. What, what do you think like it means to be a, a good ally in the film and TV industry, especially with regards to, 
to indigenous people, you know, what do you expect from or, or just hope to see in, in allies? This is always my final message, um, you know, when I speak in front of a group is allyship within the industry is um, bringing us on, indigenous peoples, uh, every step of the way. So having us in the writer's room, mm. I can tell immediately in my first read whether there's a native person behind the writing or at least consulting because of the the nuances, because of the specific, um, you know, hints at this character or where they're from and the difference between, uh, you know, a non-Indigenous person and then an, an Indigenous person by how specific they are about our nations. Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, now that we're getting into this, I'd, I've heard it talked about so many different ways but kind of this era or this age of diversity and it's such it is a topic and we're all pushing and we're, we are all as BIPOC people um you know part of this movement but with that it's like I've heard it said we're so hot right now indigenous people are so hot right now Ooh, and, so, and what is your reaction to that because and well it's problematic yeah it is <laughs> Yes, yes, we we definitely are. But what that means is a lot of people are jumping on our jumping on our train, wanting to be in our momentum. But that's a lot of generally folks mm. who are now running out of their stories, running out of telling the same story a dozen times, and now wanting to tell our stories. But they're still telling our stories without us. So it's it's kind of like now we have a whole nother wave of problems where I'm reading a lot of scripts that are just cultural appropriation. Mm. And I'm saying, you know, I, I appreciate if you want to tell stories about indigenous content. I think that that's a great first step. But again, we have to be involved um, right from the beginning. Otherwise, it's going to continue just being too shallow. Yeah. And um, and I can tell. And so it's like, yeah, so it's, a, it's, a, it's still a problem because until we are completely telling our own stories, until we're making our own films, then it'll never quite be where we need it to be. Yeah. What has been your your favorite? I know it's it's unfair to ask for a favorite. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll say mo- what have been some of your most memorable uh conversations that you've had with with indigenous fans you know who who have seen maybe they've seen uh monkey beach and it is just it is just stirred something in them you know like and how how often do you think about the the audience the indigenous audience specifically you know when you are you know making artistic choices either as an actor or now as a director Director Dove, Director Grace Dove. <laughs> I like the sound of that. Yeah. <laughs> I do everything for my audience. Um, I am a performer. I am a vessel. I am just the one telling the story. So I feel like I'm, I'm the in-between piece. You know, I'm coming mm. from the storytellers. The storytellers are sharing their experiences their um, lived journey with me 
I'm, you know, it's going through me. I'm putting it out there onto the screen. And in the end, it is then for the people. Mm. So I am all, so it's a full circle. It goes from the people through me to the rest of the people. It's just a way of sharing stories. And so when I'm in a role and when I'm choosing roles, when I'm acting, every part of the way, I'm always imagining mostly the youth and the, the young people watching because I didn't have that. I hear that so much. You know, I never saw someone like me. And I hear that a lot with, with um, young indigenous people saying we never had that. And that's what I'm changing. And that's the, the movement that I'm a part of. And so I always think of the young people when I, when I choose roles, because I, again, I don't want to be doing things that will let them down. Um, and when I create a character from the words I've been given, I always think, well, what's going to make them feel more seen? So with every native character I play, I do a ton of research into where they're from. So I mm. pick up little things, you know, that they might do or say, or just little things to make them stand out. And, you know, I, I did a movie called How It Ends on Netflix with uh, Forrest Whitaker. And that, again, it, it was a great role for me, a great step in my career, but it was uh, written by non-Indigenous person. Mm. So I had to, you know, take the responsibility of making sure that I was doing it in a good way. And the way that I did that was um, I would just add little, you know, native kind of phrases or I'd kind of had little things that I would do that I knew when my people watched, they would go, oh, she's a, she's a real native. <laughs> and, yeah. and, um, and that happened. And I got messages, you know, hundreds of messages after that from indigenous peoples going, oh, it was so nice to see a real native on screen. And they could tell because I made that character uh, truthful. Oh, that makes my heart sing. I love to hear that. All right, director. I want to talk about Kiri and the girl. I mean, when I heard that you you were were sliding into the director's chair, or I don't know, if, did you have a chair? You had a monitor. <laughs> Slide behind the monitor. I was I was so excited to to hear that. Um, we did have uh, Tom O'Panikit on our show um, for two episodes. That man, he likes to talk. So I had to cut it yeah. into two episodes. Um, and he, he just, he spoke with such passion and love about, mm. about working with you on Curie and the girl. So let's talk about this move into the, into the director's chair um, and why, you know, why this particular story is the one that, that you wanted to helm for your, directorial debut which I love to say <laughs> I love to say it. I'm so excited I mean for for you but you know for for me and everybody else in your audience right we're like yeah <laughs> I I really can't believe it myself um, we're waiting for our our big premiere which will hopefully be happening very soon um, in this coming fall and I'm very uh, thrilled to be able to share it um, with our audience I never knew that this was a direction I would go into. I, I've had so many people over the years ask, um, so will you become a director? Because I, I guess that is pretty common. Um, but I just thought, you know, acting, there's so much to learn. It, it keeps me so busy. And I 
acting has been my whole life. So I didn't even think about it. But then, uh, you know, after doing this for so many years and feeling so frustrated, you know, more times than I'd like to admit, um, feeling like I, I want to let it go and move on from it. And maybe the industry is not where I want it to be and need it to be. You have almost walked away. I I would say more than a couple times a year. Uh, It gets, it gets that, it gets that bad. I mean, that's the reality of this industry is it will beat you down. And if you don't have a bigger purpose, right. If I didn't, if there wasn't something in my spirit driving me, yeah. then I would have been gone a long time ago because it is it comes with so much baggage and so much harm um, just because of where we are and because of the lack of representation, the way, um, you know, that women are treated in the industry. And, uh, and I just thought, man, I don't know if I am strong enough for this. Maybe there's, and I love working with youth. I feel that's another passion of mine and, and also something that I'm really good at. And I thought maybe... I should go back to my community. Maybe I should be working with youth in different ways. Um, maybe I can use, maybe I can be of service in a, in a better way. Mm. So I've struggled for years and years with, with not being where I wanted to in my acting career. And the roles that I would get, again, were so feeling so stereotyped. Mm. and not bringing me that satisfaction that I need as an artist and a storyteller to feel like I'm lifting my people up. And so, so many times I I was ready to walk away, but then I kind of, I realized, well, damn, if if no one's going to give me the opportunities that I want, if I'm not seeing the change that that I need, then I guess I have to do it. I guess I have to be a part of that movement. And, um, you know, I've seen the power of Indigenous women when they are in um, director's chairs. I mm. worked with Loretta Loretta Todd uh, during Monkey Beach, and she has been such a great uh, mentor and inspiration to me. You know, seeing her body of work and how long she has fought yeah. to make Monkey Beach come um, to life, and as well Can as... Can I just it's uh, add for our listeners... We're talking 20 years. That is how long (laughs) Loretta worked to bring Monkey Beach to the screen. 20 years. I mean, that is, that is a long, hard struggle. Sorry for interrupting, but I just, I felt like that number would be important to the listeners. Absolutely. And just how, you know, her fearlessness and her drive. And so, you know, someone like her, I feel like she's brought it already so far. Um, Jennifer Podemski um, is another great director, uh, Tracy Deer. So there's there's all these women that have already done so much of the work. And I realized, well, there has to be a next generation. There has to be more of us now stepping up and help helping to lighten that load. Mm. And um, And this opportunity came along to me and, you know, I'd already been doing um, small directing just on with my, with youth, you know, with my program. And so I was already kind of warming up, but I had never done anything at this level, at this, this you know, size of production. And um, 
uh, Carmen Thompson, who was our uh, costumes on Monkey Beach. She's a lovely, uh, very talented costume designer. She put my name forward to the producers for Kiri and the Girl, Christopher Logan, um, Ken Shapkin, and Kiri Dean. And, uh, you know, and they, we sat down and we had brunch and I, and I, you know, I showed them this whole pitch deck I had made overnight and all these ideas and notes. And I just went full send because I love this work and, and I love storytelling. And I, I told them, you know, I have never had this opportunity yet, but I have, you know, years of acting work. And I really believe I have the creativity for it and the, uh, the capabilities. I just haven't done it yet. Mm. But, you know, I have to start somewhere and we have to be giving those opportunities. You know, someone has to do it for the first time, right? And I really believe that if, you know, if I hadn't had that first opportunity on The Revenant, if Alejandro Inaritu hadn't given me my shot, I wouldn't be where I am today. Yeah. So it's like just take a chance on me. And I told them I will not let you down. And, and they did. And it ended up being such a wonderful experience. You know, I gave it 110% because I had something to prove. And what it did was it just filled my spirit and, and showed me that there's a whole nother side to this that I haven't even barely broken into yet, that there's a lot more still to do. Yeah. And that gets me really excited about the future. So I guess I'm gonna. I want to ask this then, but then I do want to circle back to to the 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 making of Kiri and the Girl. But what is then a Grace Dove project? Like, what does this short tell us about the projects that you will be directing, that you'll be helming in some way? They'll be doing that moving forward. I mean, it's probably pretty safe to say I'm going to be telling indigenous stories. (laughs) I feel like we don't have enough and we've got so many. I've got a few dream projects that, you know, haven't even gone down paper paper yet that are part of my lived experience, part of my family history. You know, that'll be something years down the road. But I think in the near future, um, I'd love to be teaming up with indigenous writers and producers and telling stories of hope and joy and all those things that Monkey Beach did and that we we talked about because we just don't have enough. And I'd love to tell stories of young um, indigenous youth uh, excelling and living their life the way that our ancestors wanted us to and giving them safe spaces because I know from experience, there's just not enough of it. Yeah. And I really want to help shape the next generation of young indigenous actors. That's so exciting. So Kiri and the girl then, what is, what's the story there? Without, no spoilers, don't want any spoilers, but like what, what is the film about? Kiri and the girl is exactly, it's a nice showcase of, I think what my body of work is going to look like. It's of a, a young indigenous girl who, um, through powwow, through our culture reclaims her identity and is rejoined with her family and finds that pride. Um, You know, so much has been taken away from us for so many generations. And I know 
growing up in a primarily white school system in a mill town, I grew up in Prince George, feeling so ashamed of my heritage, you know, feeling scared to be native because it didn't feel safe because I was, you know, having to walk around and pretend to be, you know, white to try to hide as much as I could my indigenous identity mm-hmm. because, you know, otherwise I would face so much racism. Mm-hmm. And so I know what that feels like. And it took me so many, it took me until I was in my early twenties to unlearn all of that fear and to unlearn um, that shame. And it took me to being an adult and going through acting school and realizing that my identity being indigenous is the greatest thing I have. It's the strongest thing I have. And Mm. it's the one thing that makes me the most proud. Mm. And so I, this story is very much about her coming into that power, you know, and I, and I really want young people moving forward. That's what I want all my work to be about is saying, the more the the more we can support our young indigenous peoples and show them that we can carry our pride and that we can you know walk in our own ways and rejoin you know our ways of of being um then that's what's going to help us heal yeah i mean that kind of ties nicely into the question that i'd like to end with today um, which is kind of a time travel question. Uh, I'm kind of a nerd. It's like my favorite thing. Um, if you could go back in time, though, to the very beginning of your career and give yourself some advice, s- some mm. words of wisdom that's going to help you get through, what would you say? I had my first actually uh, TV show when I was only um, nine in Prince George. And so I always say that I've been doing this for a decade, but really it's been a lot longer than that. There was just, there was just schooling in between there that I had to do as well. Mm -hmm. I had to graduate Mm -hmm. from high school first. But if I look back to when I was a a very young child and then over the next years, um, I would tell myself that my indigeneity is the most special and interesting thing about me mm. and that I should um, honor it and, and cherish it because, you know, when I was going through acting school, I felt like I had to blend into white culture, mm. that the more white I could be, the more I would work, the more opportunities I would have. And that is not true. It's not true at all. At yeah. all. The, the, the day that I finally, you know, in my mid-20s, the day that I stepped into my power as an Indigenous woman was the day that I started booking work because no one else can be me and no one else can be an Indigenous woman named Grace. So not trying to you know, be anyone else and reach and and hide anything about me. It's like being proud of where you've come from and especially um, your identity. Yeah. 
be the change. Wow. I have been so looking forward to this conversation. It did not disappoint at all. Grace Dove, it's been a pleasure. Where can our listeners find you, follow you, celebrate you on social media or the interwebs in general? Mm, um, definitely. I am quite uh, active on social media uh, at underscore Grace Dove on all platforms. I'm also encouraging right now. Um, I have a birthday fundraiser. I'm, I'm having my birthday uh, this weekend and I'm collecting donations for the Indian Residential School Survivor Society. So um, any and all donations are um, welcomed and I uh, uh, thank you Cookstrom for any support. And I will make sure that we have a link to the Indian Residential School Survivor Society and everything else that we, we referenced in this episode. Grace, thank you. Thank you so much, Sabrina. To our listeners, I thank you as well. And please like, subscribe, leave us a review if you are so inclined to help us find even more listeners and we can keep these conversations going. You can find us at www.yvrscreenscene.com. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at YVRScreenscene. The YVR Screen Scene podcast is hosted and executive produced by me, Sabrina Ronnie Furminger, and it's edited by Simon Furminger. Special thanks to Mariana Furminger for recording our Patreon ad, to Paul Furminger for te technical support, and to Dane, not Furminger Devile, oh, poor Dane, for the original music. YVR Screen Scene is a division of Fish Flight Entertainment. Join us next time for another deep dive into Vancouver's dynamic film and television scene. And cut! In the current COVID-19 environment, UBCP ACTRA, the BC Performers Union in the film and TV industry, has been working closely with industry partners, formulating sensible and practical guidelines for all cast and crew to ensure working on set is manageable and safe for everyone. UBCP ACTRA has created a dedicated COVID-19 webpage at www.ubcpactra.ca where members can find mental health resources, financial assistance information, and back-to-work strategies and updates about the current status of film production in the province of British Columbia. UBCP ACTRA knows this has been an extraordinarily difficult time for many people, and we look forward to better days ahead. We will get through this together. Please visit www.ubcpactra.ca. A message from UBCP ACTRA.